0: Hey guys, my name is Raya, and this is Was That Good For You? a podcast all about sex and relationships we cover everything from kinks to long distance dating and everything in between and a lot more random shit now that we're all in a quarantine and I am recording from my bedroom today's episode is going to be a Q&A where I cover a bunch of different topics based off of questions that you guys asked me on my Instagram today's guest is my roommate and repeat guest Megan Rose Megan you want to introduce yourself again? Hi, everyone. So for those of you that listen the first time, you already know that I
1: kind of have this ridiculous laundry list of titles that I go by, Um, registered yoga instructor, Reiki master teacher, intuitive tarot card reader, but I like to kind of blanket all of that as a spiritual advisor.
0: I love that. It's going to be great because I feel like you're going to come at these questions from a very different place that I would come at these questions, which is good.
1: Trying to always be just slightly conscious, even in my most unconscious state.
0: Oh, <laughs> we stand. Okay, let's jump right into the questions. Okay, first question. How to deal with friends with benefits if he or she becomes too possessive?
1: <laughs> so, I mean... Even with the word possessive, we're already putting onto it that this is coming out of a fear base. Yeah. This is not Mm love-based. And even in the way I know the word love skeeves a lot of people out in modern-day dating, my belief is that everything can always be rooted back to fear or love. So if you're approaching something with possessive energy already, whether it's you or the person that you're dating, to me it's kind of like this is more of a learning lesson. This is more of a test than it is something of actual substance that can withstand the long term.
0: For sure. Possessiveness and any kind of relationship is like one of the worst things and absolutely detrimental. I've been in relationships where I've been the possessive person Mm -hmm. and I've been in relationships where the other people are. And even if you're not a possessive person, you feed off of that energy and you become possessive. Sometimes it's like just out of spite. Yes. Like, I've been in relationships where I'm not possessive, but once they start to be, then I'll be like, well, fine, let me look through your phone, too. Like, it's like you just – you become – you do it just because they're doing it, and you, like, yes. feed off of that. And it's terrible. But especially in friends with benefits, I think at this point, if there's any possessiveness at all, it's not friends with benefits anymore. Right. Like, it's already become something else for that person. Right. And I think, unfortunately, as, like, severe as it sounds – you should probably end it. Absolutely. If, if you want to continue to just be friends with benefits, because that's over with.
1: Right. Already. Completely. You're changing the dynamic from the get-go when possessive energy comes in. But what I will say, um, and kind of going back to this, is the word love has such a weird stipulation in yeah. modern day dating that I almost wonder if that person is asking because they're starting to feel... A transition into love. Yeah, absolutely. And we're immediately catastrophizing it into possessive energy. Yeah. But if they're on the receiving end and they're feeling jealous, needy, possessive energy, then of course that's, to me, that's a step to say, you know, I have to voice my truth. Yeah. And telling you like, this is not what we signed up for.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And in a perfect world, that person, like you said, is just projecting that because they've had they have stronger feelings and maybe the person feels the same way and it works out but if the person is into it for what they came into it for which is friends with benefits it's it's over and it's probably a good time to have that conversation and then cut the cord
1: completely and when you're afraid to cut something like that off something that you're already boxing in and saying this isn't of substance yeah. this isn't supposed to be long-term. This is just friends with benefits. Yeah. When you start getting those moments of doubt, you really have to ask yourself, am I prioritizing myself in the situation or am I starting to prioritize not wanting to hurt this person's
0: feelings by not speaking my truth? Yeah, absolutely. That's the hardest part about it. I feel like with situations with like, not just friends with benefits, but like situationships Mm. and that stuff like that, usually, not usually, that's bleak, but oftentimes I think one person is not being their true self because they don't want to hurt the person's feelings, and the other person's not being their true self because they know the other person is not as invested, but they like them so much that they're letting themselves be in this 70-30 relationship. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And at that point, there's selfish energy behind it, right? Because you're being inauthentic. Absolutely. You don't you don't want to ruin the dynamic, but you have different intentions. And that,
0: to me, whether or not um, it's coming off this way is manipulative. That makes total sense. Because then a lot of times, too, you end up villainizing the other person. Completely. So, there you go. That was a, that was a solid answer. <laughs> Man. <laughs> um, this is just a kind of a funny one, but I know the answer already. Text your ex during the quarantine question mark? No. F- Absolutely No, that's an easy one. Of course not. First of all, you shouldn't be giving anyone attention because you're bored. And I'm saying that because I am somebody who does that. Mm -hmm. I love attention. Mm -hmm. I'll admit it. Mm -hmm. And I love attention when I'm single from numerous people when I'm bored. That doesn't make it right.
1: (laughs) Makes you human, but it it doesn't make it right. It makes me human, but it doesn't make it right.
0: (laughs) But no, absolutely not. Because you're just opening a can of worms and this pandemic is going to end and then you have to deal with those worms. That's it. That's all I got for you. Any tips on talking to a partner about kinks slash fetishes without it being super awkward?
1: Well, I mean, that immediately brings to mind, like, do you already have an open, healthy line of communication with your partner? Absolutely. If you're afraid to express your needs, I don't care if they're sexual or not. If you're afraid to express your needs to your partner, that's somewhere where you need to reevaluate whether A... You are honoring yourself Mm -hmm. enough to show up and say, These are my boundaries, these are the things that I want, these are the things that I don't want. Yeah. These are my desires, these are my fantasies. Um, and saying that unabashedly. Yeah. Owning your truth. Um, or you know, getting to that point as well where are you with somebody who either downplays or discredits you when you do express yourself in your truth.
0: Absolutely. And I know that
1: I've been in romantic relationships or, you know, just purely sexual relationships with people. And if I don't
0: feel comfortable expressing myself to those people, Uh
1: the sex is not as
0: enjoyable. Oh, oh my God. Absolutely. I've been in things like that where I feel weird even like directing them. Yeah. When it comes to like achieving orgasm. Right. And that's a recipe already for like something like it's just terrible. It's never going to work out. Completely. Um, I will say I think that it's it's hard because sometimes I have people who reach out and they're like, look, I, I want to tell my girlfriend that I have a fetish. And we don't kink shame around here at all. But like they are fetishes that I think like how would I react as a girlfriend if somebody yeah. had a baby fetish. Yeah. Or something that I like... Personally, and I consider myself pretty much down for anything, yeah. even if I'm not into it. I like pleasing my partner. Totally. Um, but it is tough, and I wonder, and I'm not really sure of the answer how a relationship moves forward if you be- get to that crossroad where one person is just absolutely not into something that you are very into.
1: Yeah. And I waver between compromise being both people winning and compromise being both people losing. Okay. Because say you had a certain fetish, whatever it was, like you, you love to be hit and spanked and tied up, like whatever your thing was. And you told your partner, I like these things. And they were like, I'm not comfortable doing that. Yeah. And you compromised with like light hitting or, you know, tying up every once in a while. And even when you did, it was only with something like silky that you could escape from. Yeah. Would either of you really be pleased? Would either of you actually be finding pleasure if you met in the middle? Right. But even to go back to the question, how to bring these things up without it being awkward, um, what I want to say to the person that submitted that question is to start getting comfortable owning that on your own. So that when you're approaching your partner, you're going into it without an expectation of their reaction. That's true. I've found so many times with my own issues that when I'm not confident and I haven't sat with what it is that I want to express to somebody else, that's when I feel awkward and uh, wavering and shaky. Yeah. And my um, feeling of being okay is more based in how receptive they are. Yeah. Versus... When I sit with what it is that I want to talk to somebody about, whether that's writing about it, having a solo conversation about it, talking with somebody that you trust very deeply to yeah. give you actual truthful you know, conversation and communication about it, um, that when you finally do bridge that gap and have the conversation, that you're less worried about how that person reacts yeah absolutely because you're comfortable with the
0: information that you're sharing absolutely and I also think bringing that energy into it makes the person more receptive Totally. like when somebody comes into a conversation like think about when somebody comes to you and they're like hey I have something really really terrible to tell you like you're immediately so on edge Mm -hmm. and like you're gonna be upset like no matter what it is yes versus if they come at you and they're like They've fully accepted the situation or they're very confident about it. Like it just makes things like if somebody comes to you and says, hey, I like this really, really weird thing. And I really don't want you to freak out. This is going to be a really awkward conversation. Like, yes, it 100% is going to be an awkward conversation. You've already set it up. Absolutely. That gives me anxiety just hearing the hypothetical. Yeah. Versus somebody coming in and being like, hey, I know this is no big deal, and, like, everybody has their own thing, but I just want to let you know that when it comes to sex, like, I like A, B, and C, and I, I'd really love to explore that with you. Like, it immediately makes, no matter what A, B, and C is, way less scary.
1: So to the person submitting that question, use Katie's format that she yeah. just
0: said, because <laughs> yeah. it was perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Write it down. You'll be fine. Um. This one, this question gives me anxiety just reading it, which is why I thought it was a good question to ask. Beautiful, just <laughs> because keep that hang it on me. Yeah, <laughs> how to deal with a friend who likes your boyfriend, and that's it. That's the only context we yeah. have of the situation. Okay, it make I have anxiety
1: already. Well, because I'm just sitting there, like, even putting you and I in that situation. Yeah. Like, if I came to you and I was like, hey, I'm really interested in your partner. Let's just play it out like that. My God, I already want to barf. Right. <laughs> right. Because then it's like, you're you're putting into position, well, what has my partner said or done to give you the inclination that they're interested in you? Absolutely. Or what situations or contexts are you... Oh God, that is just such a layered question because it's it like is. you can't fault people for their feelings and emotions. Right. Um, but there is something to be said about self-discipline where... And letting yourself even get that far. Absolutely. Because there... I don't care how many times your partner was over... Yeah. ...that I would never let my mind wander into... Right. ...well, what if he and I just started something up? Yes. What if he and I just got involved with one
0: another? Yes. Like,
1: That to me kind of comes back to like the perpetual cheating boyfriend where it's like, are you just lacking in self-discipline? Yeah. Are you someone who cannot sit in discomfort Mm -hmm. enough to say, I have urges, but I'm more concerned with my partnership that I'm building and growing? Yeah. Um, So for that person asking that question – what do I do about a friend that's interested in my boyfriend? Again, I feel like sex and communication are one in the same. Yeah, I mean, obviously, not everyone you're communicating with you're having sex with. It's kind of like the square and the rectangle. Like every square is a rectangle, but rectangles aren't squares. Right. Like I don't think that you can have a healthy sexual relationship or partnership. If you're not openly able to communicate yeah, with one another. For sure. It's it's one-sided at the worst mm-hmm. and shallow at its best. Yeah.
0: For sure. I totally agree. And I think it, it, my hope with this with this person who asked this question is that the boyfriend has already expressed that there's nothing on his end and this is totally a one-sided thing. Um but then it's like, it goes back to what you said. It's like, do you want a friend in your life that doesn't have the self-control to put you in the situation in the first place? Right. Because, and
1: the thread with a lot of these questions to me is just ringing selfishness. A hundred percent. Like, for this person submitting to have a friend that is so inconsiderate mm-hmm. to... The position that she's putting her friend in. Yeah. He's putting their friend in. Um to to even say, I have feelings for your partner, is there already something going on? Yeah. And at that point, if there's not something already going on, it's like, I don't think that it's appropriate to, to put them in that position. But then it's like shaming them for having emotions again. So And that's
0: what's hard I don't too. Go but there. I think it's like it, I do think it comes down to what you said in the beginning where it's like I think that you can on the surface look at someone and say that person is objectively physically attractive or this person has A, B, and C traits. I love those traits in that person. But I think you do have to let yourself like someone. Like, Absolutely. There's a difference between seeing someone and thinking, oh, they're good looking. Or like, for example, like I have friends who have boyfriends and I'm like, man, that guy is like, He's awesome right. like he has this trait like that's awesome he has yeah. this trait but there's a difference between like loving those traits in your partner's in your friend's partner yeah. and thinking, oh I wish that you know what I mean I was able to reap the benefits of those traits yes. like those are two different lines of thinking I think that you can objectively appreciate your friend's partners yeah. for who they are and letting yourself imagine yourself in your friend's place are totally different yeah. and if it's gotten to the point where, I mean, if the the girl the person knows that there's something that there there's something going on, so either the friend told them or it's blatantly obvious, yes. and at that point, it's like they've let it got so far that I think it's i I have to fault the friend a completely. bit completely, so I'd say your friend sucks no <laughs> yes.
1: communicate with your friend, yeah, communicate openly. with your friend
0: openly and
1: also to ask that friend like. Are you feeling worthy and capable enough in your own right? Because even for me, as somebody that's trying to cultivate conscious relationships, whether that's romantic partners, friends, even better relationships with some of my family members or coworkers. um, But going back to romantic partnerships, I have um, like a list of expansive relationships for me. Okay. Like people that I have in my life that are in what I would consider very, um, like Mecca-esque, uh, expansive relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. Relationships that I look up to. Okay. Way. That like, give me hope and understanding and rewire my subconscious brain to say that's possible for me. Yeah. But again, stops at that
0: right I'm not going to go and try and steal my friend's boyfriend right 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 or even go as far as like fantasizing about being with that person like it's like yeah it's exactly that it's like you can appreciate yeah. a relationship without wanting to ruin it or for to selfishly whatever it
1: goes back to possessiveness yeah
0: absolutely can you walk by a flower
1: smell it touch its petals and let it go yeah or do you have to rip it out of the yeah, ground absolutely for sure and I'll leave it at that
0: I love this one would it be gay to let one's girlfriend peg them? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I, and for regular listeners of this podcast, you all know, I'm a huge advocate for butt stuff. Yes. Especially for men. Like, I'm a huge advocate for butt stuff in anyone because I do think that it's, like, taboo and unexplored. And I think that there's, like, this weird... I don't know. There's just, like, this weird thing about it where it's, like, women who do it are, like, just doing it for their partner or, are, like, more sexually experienced or there's just like there's something about it that's like a step above sex it's like right up there with kink yes and that's weird to me absolutely because we have so many you know receptors there like it's Mm -hmm. it's a pleasure area it absolutely is a pleasure area and but especially for men you have a g-spot up there like it's there it's there like It's just crazy that more men aren't, like, can't look at it in almost, like, a scientific way of, like, there is a spot in my asshole that can give me more of an intense orgasm than regular ejaculation could ever give me. And for some reason, they have to revert it back to being gay. And I I hate that for them. I don't blame them because society has made them think that. But... I want men to know that, like, butt stuff is does not make you gay. The only thing that makes you gay is wanting to have sex with another man. That's it. Nothing else. You could, like, there's just, there's nothing else. That's it. There's
1: nothing else. <laughs> That's it. And I always put that back, too. Like, as a woman, obviously, like, we don't have the same anatomy. Yes, yeah, man. Right. But if I knew that putting something up my ass was immediately going to allow me to reach a higher climax, mm-hmm. you can bet your literal ass <laughs> that I would not avoid that. Right. Exactly. No matter who was saying what. Yeah. If I knew that I could get to a higher or heightened sense of pleasure. Yeah. I'm doing it. Absolutely. If you told me right now, like if you tickle your left armpits three times in a row and then your right (laughs) arm just once you're going to get there. I'm going in the other room and I'm doing it. Exactly. Absolutely. And it it really should be that
0: easy. Like it should be that simple as like, this will bring you pleasure or at the very least it may bring you pleasure. Like why not try it? Absolutely. And I think that pegging especially comes with a bad stigma because there's such a role reversal. Mm. Men are so used to being masculine and dominant in relationships And even if you're, like, even if a man likes being hit or likes wearing their female partner's underwear or anything that's, like, slightly submissive, there is nothing more traditional gender role reversal than being penetrated. Yeah.
1: But then it brings me back to the question, are you connotating gay
0: with submissive? Absolutely. I think so many men are.
1: Which to me is ridiculous because someone's gonna have to be dominant, right? Someone's gonna have to be taught. yeah. So it's it's not black and white, right? It's not. It's, we, I mean, it's never black and we white. We have to blow that out yeah. of the water. Like I wish, you know, that I could round up me and all of my closest female friends and just be like. There's no stigma. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't care if it was new propaganda. We were paying off, like, every ad agency yeah. in the city. Like, <laughs> if you put something in your ass, it doesn't
0: mean that you're gay. For sure. Absolutely. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, that's the thing, too. It's like, I want every woman that I've ever talked to agrees with us. Totally. Like, maybe in high school I wouldn't have agreed.
1: Yeah, and then it takes me back to, are we, like, sitting in a small pool? Like, are we just attracting other like-minded people? Right,
0: which absolutely, and I've talked about this a lot on the podcast, we live in L.A., we live in a very liberal, very open, very fluid society, but even then, I feel like women, in general, want to be dominant. Yeah. Like, a lot of women like being, like, sometimes being dominant. Like, there's nothing I don't think, like, women don't think, like, oh, if I'm dominant, I'm a lesbian. You know what I mean? like. I think women sometimes like, and sometimes all the time, like having a little bit of power. Of
1: course. And it should be a ratio thing, right? Yeah. Like maybe you like to be dominant 90% of the time and then 10% of the time, like you like to be submissive. Yeah, absolutely. But again, it doesn't change anything to do with your sexual orientation. Right. At all. Absolutely. They're not, they're not one and the same.
0: And in fact, and I, again, I know that I'm like this very liberal whatever, but I love when a guy is not hyper-masculine and is open about the fact they're not. Like, if a guy can – a guy doesn't even have to be bisexual, but if he can appreciate, you know, a gay love scene or the good looks of a man or, you know – Let himself be a little more feminine, um, whether that's in the bedroom or outside of the bedroom. I find that absolutely so sexy. Yeah. Because it makes, in my mind, it makes them more masculine.
1: Absolutely, because they're more comfortable with it. So comfortable,
0: so confident. Well, and going back,
1: so the guy that I have been sleeping with. Yeah. Telling me that story about him, like, kissing his guy friend. Yes. Just to make him, like, give him the opportunity to say, do you like this or do you not like this? And then still being cognizant enough to say, I'm going to pull away slowly. Yeah. Not for my benefit, not because I'm romantically or sexually enjoying this situation, but because I don't want him to feel rejected.
0: Oh my And then God. sitting with him and asking him, how did you feel? That's the epitome of, of a man. Absolutely. I, of a, of a you know, general man.
1: I do not think I've ever been so turned on yeah. than in that moment hearing how like kind and open-minded and generous yeah truly like yeah that to me I was just like I mean one you're physically fucking attractive right like off the charts attractive but like you as your energetic body you as your person your spirit to be able to hold space for your friend who's questioning their sexuality yeah I've never been so turned
0: on it's 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 like you said, it's just it's kind, it's confident, it's just well-rounded. It's yeah. so the opposite of closed-minded. Yeah. So
1: again, going back to the question, no, but stuff is <laughs> not gay and embrace your sexuality. Yeah. Your sexual orientation and take what you're doing mm-hmm. with sex toys
0: out of the equation. Right. That does not make you gay. Right. And never will. It's just about the pursuit of pleasure. That's Absolutely. It. So this is an interesting one. What's the most common yet least expressed and least voiced fantasy and why? And I think this is a hard question to answer definitively because right. if it's not expressed and not voiced, it's hard to know what's the most common. But in my experience, in my research, in the podcast, and it's funny because I brought it up in the beginning of this episode, a fetish that I think is way more popular than a lot of people like to think and like to talk about is the baby fetish really it's i've explored the reddit threads it's huge okay the fan base is huge the porn is huge i mean and it's one of those things that like is so hard to talk about because i think people immediately this is like a weird thing to say but they think of poop
1: I was totally going to go into pedophilia.
0: Oh, really? <laughs> so different P words, but okay. th- like that's where my that could mind... Easy, but goes. that could easily go too. That's the thing. There's so many negative connotations with it. Right. And the reason I say poop is because I think the first thing I think of when I think of a, a person in a diaper is what they're doing in that diaper. Right, right? Of And so I think that there's... But that's also a huge thing is imagining like if I like this, do am I a pedophile? Yeah. I I can't speak for everyone and I'm not going to make any huge allegations and say none of them have any... You know, impure thoughts like that, but I do think for the you know the mommy or the daddy, yeah. it's more of a nurturing thing. Oh, totally. And and that's a pretty natural thing to absolutely. want to feel like you are nurturing people. I mean, I am not into that fetish, but I am a huge nurturer. Absolutely. Like in the morning, I make coffee every morning for my partner, mm-hmm. and every morning he like protests, yeah. and and I'm like, no, I enjoy doing yes. this. Like, absolutely. I I and I, I'm sure that that's like a a feminine, you know. That is in me that I, I want to like, you know, nurture, but I love doing it. I genuinely enjoy it. And I think that there are some people, and I don't know, you know, necessarily the science between how fetish and kink become part of a person, but I think there's definitely something to say that somebody could want this like overly need to be to nurture someone to the point where that person needs to literally epitomize a baby. Absolutely. I remember
1: losing my virginity in high school. Okay. To uh, I mean, I say long-term
0: boyfriend at the time
1: we were together for like two years. Okay.
0: For high school, that's very long. Uh, I, mean, I mean, in general, that's very long, but <laughs> especially, especially when you're young. coming to
1: LA. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that's long-term now, and that was long-term back in my for sure. years. Um, but he, I remember, would like be kissing on my neck, come down to my nipples, like stay on my nipples for a while. Yeah. And at one point looked up at me and said, mommy. <gasps> and I was so young, so inexperienced. Yeah. Oh my God. So confused. Yeah.
0: I would have been so, my God, I would have been so confused. And I was
1: just like, I don't even know how to handle this. Yeah. And then I remember being so like heartbroken and torn up, like getting out of that relationship, getting into another one. Yeah. And then even like the weird parts of it, I was like missing. Yeah. Like I remember getting with my next boyfriend at the time and being like, I wish that he would do this. Wow. But at the time I was so freaked out and turned right, off, by it. right? Like right. I was just like
0: I'm not your mom, like don't say that to me. Like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> especially when you're on my boob, like right. that's But I mean it sounds like that was like probably the beginnings of that fetish for him. Of course. And then it
1: like takes me back now to being like conscious as an adult or what I would consider to be the path of consciousness. Yeah, um, trying. And I'm like, "Oh my god, like I hope that my reaction didn't Deep set shame yeah. inside of him. For sure. I'm like so tempted to go get my phone and be like, hey,
0: hey, I just want to let you know <laughs> ten years ago it's okay <laughs> yeah. to well, call your partner mommy I, if she is. I okay feel like bed. I know you well enough to know that you're the kind of person who probably did not shame them at all. No. And even if you like made a weird face or, you know, didn't, you know go along with it right. I, I know you want to know that you weren't like ew you fucking freak. No, so like you know what not. I mean I doubt that you I doubt that you did that and especially being so young I'm sure he was weirded out too he's like what am I feeling why do I want right. to do this you know what I mean absolutely but it is so huge it yes. is so huge and I think especially I mean there's been like TLC shows on it like yes adult baby yes 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 and and that's I almost don't like that because mm-hmm. it's turning the fetish into a mockery, right? It's like, wh- why is that show in between Hoarders and My Strange Addiction where they're eating fucking nail polish? Like, uh, yes. it turns yeah. it into it turns it into this thing where it's like, it, it's, it's a it, spectacle. It's a
1: spectacle. It's a Versus spectacle. It being something that's honed and nurtured and explored yeah. and expressed the way that your sexual nature should, but. Those people are also signing up to be on the show, right? Of and course. we have to take that into of consideration. Of course, absolutely. If they were setting up cams in people's rooms, like what is that show when they break into people's houses after they pretend to be
0: what? like
1: fourteen-year-olds on the internet?
0: Oh, I know what you're talking about. I don't, I don't, I don't know the name of it, but I know exactly what you're but talking it's about. Like
1: Dateline, whatever. It was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not like fake or set up cams, and you're like. Ousting somebody for right, their right. They're fantasy. signing up. They know what
0: they're signing like up for. Like fucking
1: tailpipes on a car. Like yeah, you're you're <laughs> reaching out. You're saying yes. this is what I
0: like to do. Yeah, and I want the world to know. So, um, but but I I I have a hard time sometimes. I don't. I wouldn't say that I kink shame, but I think. Like most people, if something is weird to me or something I'm not into, my first instinct is to be like, ugh. You know what I mean? Mm. And I have to sometimes take myself out of that. And I think with this one, a lot of people's first instinct is to be like, yo, yeah. that is not for me. And so I'm going to judge it. Right. And But I, I think it's way, way bigger than people think it is.
1: And it goes back
0: to me, like one of the things that I refer to a lot with my
1: private clients, especially when they're struggling with living authentically yeah um is the shell silverstein poem okay which uh, one it's called masks and okay it's like she wore a mask and heated too they were both blue and they walked by one another not even knowing that they had passed like
0: like most people if something is weird to me or something I'm not into my first instinct is to be like uh you know what I mean mm. and I have to sometimes take myself out of that and I think with this one a lot of people's first instinct is to be like yo yeah that is not for me and so I'm going to judge it. Right. And but I I think it's way way bigger than people think it is.
1: And it goes back to me like one of the things that I refer to a lot with my private clients especially when they're struggling with living authentically. Yeah. Um is the Shell Silverstein poem. Okay. Which uh, one? it's called Masks and okay. it's like she wore a mask and he did too. They were both blue, and they walked by one another, not even knowing that they had passed like other blue people. Oh, okay. They had been hiding their whole lives oh behind my God. these masks. That makes me
0: want to cry. Right? No,
1: it's it's so short. Yeah. And he writes it so obviously, obviously poetically. so well. Yeah. Um, but I think that way with sexual kinks as well, whether yeah. it's a a baby thing or not, whether it's you know anything on the spectrum, yeah. if you are hiding your truth. You're missing out on finding aligned partners who would either be very open, very receptive, or potentially even falling into the same bucket of enjoying the things that you enjoy. And why would you want to hold yourself back? Absolutely. Like if I feel sexually incompatible with someone, I like something, they are not open to it. I'm like, this isn't going to work. This is something very important to me to be able to fully express my wild nature yeah with someone Absolutely. and I have to be able to trust them to do that
0: yeah and I think I talk about this a lot about how I go so back and forth on whether I love um the internet and porn or whether I hate it and I think there's a lot to love and a lot to hate so it's a natural thing to feel somewhere in the middle but one thing I love is that it gives you a safe space like imagine having a baby fetish 50 years ago like yeah. where do you go who do you talk to like you have to go to like weird, you know, back ads on the back of a newspaper, or Craigslist, yeah. or put yourself in danger. Yes. Because you aren't able to, you know, vet people and stuff. Definitely. And the fact that there are entire communities online and places like Reddit exist and things makes me so happy for people that can openly talk about that stuff yes. and, and feel like there's a community and can find people that they're sexually compatible with. It's really beautiful, actually.
1: I mean, so I had an ex that actually met a girlfriend that he had prior to us dating. Okay. So his ex at the time. Yes. Um, on Craigslist because wow. he was looking up people who wanted to watch him jack off. Okay. And she posted an ad being like, I want to watch someone jack
0: off. Oh my God. It's, so like, it's like a like, Craigslist love story. It's I'm like saying. if John Green wrote... <laughs> Rated right, right. R things like it's like it's it's romantic yes. in a way. No,
1: it it completely is, and that to me again like the vulnerability, the authenticity, the grit, yeah, the truth. That's what gets me. Not Absolutely. the fucking fantasy BS. Yeah, it's can I be my true and authentic self with you? Mm-hmm. If the answer to that is yes, yeah, that to me is so
0: much more of a spectacle than anything you're gonna find on a silver screen. Absolutely. If you can be nasty with someone, you found the right person. Yes. Okay, so this is a tough one that I'm not 100% sure how to answer. How to tell someone during sex that you don't like something they just did without ruining the moment. Do you have an experience with this? No. And I will say that it's not that I don't have experience in the sense that I nobody's ever done anything I didn't like. But it's that I didn't have the balls to say something in the moment because I think as a woman... I want to please and, or I've been taught that I want to please. Um, and I have a hard time. And also I think men have such fragile egos in bed. I was just talking to my partner about this. And as a, as as a male, his first instinct was to get defensive. Mm-hmm. And then I had to be like, look, I'm not blaming you for it. Like, right. society has made you think that you have to cum, 10 buckets of cum. Yes. And you have to you do that after, you know, two hours of sex. Yeah. And you have to stay hard the whole time. Yes. Like, you have an ego in bed, but it's not your fault. Like, society is, has made you have that ego. But either way, you have it. Like." Right. Straight cis men have an ego in sex, a lot of them do, and a lot of women have this preconceived notion that they have to please, and so because of that, so much gets unspoken in the bedroom, in hetero relationships, and so yeah, I think there have been situations where somebody was doing something I wasn't into, and I just let it fly. And I think Mm -hmm. if it was something I was really, really, really not into, I I maybe would have said something, but it it hasn't gotten that far. But with the few small things, I've let it fly. Yeah. Because it's in in the moment, it's hard.
1: Well, and I mean, this is going back to when you're like the parts of porn that I love and the parts of porn that I hate. Yeah. This is one of the parts of the porn culture that I really have a disdain for, where it's like women are expected to just be essentially fuck toys. Yeah. Like do whatever you want to me. Yes. Let me just be an object to you so you can come. Yes. Um, versus, again, openness, communicating. Mm-hmm. Like I think it's so important. And I will say like an example that I have of this. Um, I was sleeping with a guy that used to choke me so hard that I was like crying, getting oh my dizzy. And not that I can't, Enjoy that at some point. Right. But like to the point where I was like, there's aggression behind this. Yeah. it's scaring yeah.
0: me. Yeah.
1: 100%. Energy is so important to me in that yes. way. Like
0: I see evil yes. in your eyes. Right. <laughs> when yeah. you're doing And this. that's like not fun during exactly. sex. Like- <laughs> so
1: it was like, and, but again, even in that moment, trying to be sexy. And I'm like, I love that, but just a little lighter. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Even in that moment, it's like, to say a hard no,
0: yeah, it's difficult. It is. It's very difficult. It's very, very difficult. I think it has to be kind of like what you just said. It has to be where like, hey, I'm having a great time, but like let's take it down a notch. Yeah. Or, hey, let's try this instead. Right. Like, there's always, it's
1: almost like talking to a child, right? Like, it's almost like trying
0: to get a child to do what you want them to do. And that's not calling men children. I think women are the same way. Like, if I was doing something that my partner didn't like, I would hope that he'd come at it in a very sensitive way. So I also didn't feel, you know, I don't know the words, that that I wouldn't feel weird about what just happened. Absolutely. I think in sex, you're just so vulnerable that, like, you almost, like you said, you both have to kind of, treat each other very sensitively completely and as a Reiki master teacher your sacral chakra
1: the second chakra that you okay. have that's in your low belly space okay represented by the color orange and some of the the properties or the background to this energy is sensuality okay as well as creativity liberation but also connection to your inner child
0: so, the oh, fact that wow. these are rooted in the
1: same energetic yeah. center, even from a very alternative Eastern medicinal background, yeah. we have to think about that. We have to think about the fact that if we are out of alignment with this center, yeah. it could be tied to our connection to our inner child or our sensuality or our sexual energy. That makes so much sense. Energy. So, when you said that, my eyes are lighting up. Like, I wish that we had video footage. Because yeah. I'm, like, sitting pointing at you for, like, yeah. <laughs> straight minute. I'm, like, whoa. Yeah. Breakthrough. Um, but, yeah, that reality that you really are, like, in that moment as we think is the most mature version of ourselves is also the most immature version of ourselves. Absolutely. It, and it's met. It's crazy.
0: Met in the bedroom. Yeah. Or wherever you get it on. Okay, let's do one more question why so many of these questions are about kink I'm glad that we're really really going deep into into kink today why do I like sharing women with other men and this is from a man okay so he's asking why he likes to share women with other men yes which again I understand being a male who's obviously straight or also likes women maybe he likes both yeah. um to to not it, it almost goes back to the to the the pegging thing yeah it's like by liking to watch your woman with other men or whatever the case is Mm -hmm. gangbang threesomes Mm -hmm. you have to accept that you are sharing your woman that you are in some ways being cuckolded Mm -hmm. and I think it's a very common kink but I definitely think it's one that is a lot of times stigmatized because again it it affects their masculinity yeah
1: And it goes back to very primal biological makeup. Yeah. Um, And I love, you know, reading and watching videos and understanding this more, just like the very deep psychoanalysis on this, um, where women are louder to attract more men and men's penises are shaped a certain way to like extract, like the cum of other men from the vaginal canal. Like Wow. There's just so much that leads into it that I almost wonder if, as much as it seems like a weakened position yeah. to watch your woman with another man, maybe it's empowering in a certain way um, to say, like, I'm biologically built to, to take that out and give you mine afterwards. Yeah, yeah. And even if that's not um, where your mind is going consciously or subconsciously, maybe you just like to watch your partner receive pleasure. Yeah. Maybe you've let go enough and you've released possessiveness enough to say, Watching you derive pleasure, whether it's with me or without me, turns me on. And that's super hot. It's it's
0: putting your partner on a pedestal of like, I love this. I love to watch (laughs) this. I love to watch you receive this. And as
1: somebody that highly, highly turned on by being and feeling worshiped, that to me is like an ideal situation.
0: Absolutely. And I also think too, it kind of goes back to, I mean, what you're talking about, it makes so much sense with like the way that we've become humans. Um, Women having only one partner is relatively new. Like we were not always that way. The only reason that we're monogamous is because of agriculture and because we needed to know who our children were to be able to pass down our land. But before that, it didn't matter. So it's, it's it's interesting that kind of we've come to this place now of, like, possessiveness and, and men needing to, like, possess their one woman and stuff like that. And I think men who, like, have deviated from that feel shamed when totally. there's really no reason to. If anything, they're probably more, like, biologically just, like, going back to their roots. <laughs> okay. And I
1: was just going to say, too, like, even in an enlightened spiritual manner, like, have these men broken through? Right. Like, have you released the maya the stigma the deep dark blanket yeah. that has energetically been placed upon all of us yeah. to say it's not about me being your only one yeah and maybe i want to stare in your eyes as your coming to a state of orgasm and seeing you from a different position. Like yeah. maybe it's just that. Yeah. Maybe it's just the witnessing and the newness of yeah. something that you can't get from being the only partner. Yeah. I don't know. I think there to the person asking that question, I don't think that there's anything wrong with it. But no. I, again, going back to some of the earlier questions, I think it's just about being open yeah. about that and finding a partner that's okay with that, of yeah. course, because then your female partner is having to be penetrated by somebody else. Right. Trust them enough to know that you're having safe sex, whatever the situation is. Yeah. Um, so, I but I think the innate desire to watch your female partner be with another man um, is almost more deeply rooted in love than anything else. I agree.
0: I totally agree. I feel the same way sometimes about polyamory. In, that, in that way, um, I think that's a good place to end. Thank you. Wow we we've been talking for a long time. We're talking for forty three minutes. That's <laughs> it. it. A lot of good questions. You want to questions? Of really? I, ha- I had followers. to. I had to omit a few. Oh. um unfortunately but maybe that means we'll just do a Q&A part two um we got nothing else to do <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed this episode if you want to be on the podcast you can send me questions to wtgfy podcast. that's p-o-d-c-a-s-t at gmail.com you can send me a dm you can hit me up on twitter both are at Raya Carmona. um or you can send me an email you can send me a voice memo you can basically reach me anywhere anytime any way you want to um Please leave me a good review. If you like the podcast, it really helps me out. Write me a few words. Subscribe on YouTube if you're watching there. And I hope you enjoyed this. I'll talk to you later. Thank you for being on again.
1: Thank you so much for having me. And thank you guys for letting me be a part of the Was That Good For You community. I love being on
0: it. Woo!